Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual. I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter and across follow the group at UK Packers. And you can find me, the Paddy Packer, on Instagram if you want as well, if you're that way inclined. Uh, so I'm on a quick podcast, a couple of updates. The world's gone upside down as well. Um, a lot of go, a lot of stuff going on in America. Um, you know, so many views going around, just so much madness, really. Um, but as a white Irishman, um, I guess I can only sort of approach it the way... I can, and I'm not going to try pontificate um, or do any of that stuff. I guess, you know, trying to keep this relatively um, non-preachy and normal. I don't know, people usually see sports as kind of a release or a, or a place to get away. Um, but rightly so, I see an awful lot of uh, prominent athletes with the Packers. Billy Turner, a powerful video. Devontae Adams, powerful sentiments there as well. Um, and again, I'm not one of those type of dudes who thinks, oh, you play NFL, you know, just play sports and I don't want to hear what you're talking about. Even going back to Vince Lombardi, he knew that players were family and that they were people, that they had to be respected as such and they're going to have opinions. Um, I see there was stuff going on last year. Um, well, not even last year, for the last couple of years, really. Um, but it comes up every year of when the Packers joined arms um, against racism in the game. Uh, sort of a, they didn't want to kneel for the anthem. They wanted to, you know, cross arms instead. And there was people, every single video the Packers organization would put up, these people were like, oh, well, I'm not going to watch your game anymore because you're disrespecting the flag and all of this kind of thing. Um, so, you know, there's there's going to be politics and everything. That's that's life. Um, but I guess for this podcast, uh, you know, I'm going to start it off normal and then I kind of want to do swing it back to good old Vince Lombardi at the end. Um, so forgive me for, you know, getting down to normal stuff um, at the start but uh, like we said on our podcast last week about our way way too early uh, roster predictions that we were never going to get it right and we didn't because Lane Taylor takes a big pay cut and decides to come back with the Packers which is a really interesting one it kind of makes sense because I'd imagine the leverage that the Packers had was is that you know they cut him um, they tried to trade him and there was no market there so maybe Lane Taylor himself thought, you know what, take the pay cut, stick with the Packers, fight out for my spot, um, and let's see what happens. Still a relatively young guy, 30 years of age. Um, there's all this talk about that he has a chance to maybe take on Billy Turner for his role. And as well as that, if anyone knows about chances, Lane Taylor knows, because he got his chance by a veteran going. And he also lost his place you could argue this on by Elton Jenkins stepping up and then he got that grizzly injury that put him out uh, for the season and put him on IOR. Now, I did see stuff about, you know, it was kind of, it was going to go that way anyway. Um, his time was, was, was numbered. His time, he was on the chopping block anyway and then this sort of just accelerated it with the injury or whatever. It didn't help that Elton Jenkins came in and hit the ground running. Fantastic season and you know, onwards and upwards. So Lane Taylor knows how quickly things can turn around after an injury. But interestingly enough, they gave him 1.5 million, which was reduced from, you know, 5.4 of a cap hit instead, which is a really considerable downgrade. It saves the Packers a ton of money, about 3 million. 
Um, he has a cap hit of 2.4, but he can earn back a million and a half through incentives. So we see this all the time, don't we, where someone gets a short-term contract, like a one-year thing, they get a ton of incentives, and every player has it in them to bank on themselves. So you'd expect that Lane Taylor potentially thinks that. What he might think is is, is a couple of things. One, obviously there's no value, and the Packers probably told him that, that, look, we couldn't trade you. So it's either you take a pay cut or get cut. And then on top of that, he knows the, the fickleness of the game, really, that, you know, Elton Jenkins got his chance and he got kicked out and he's seen this happen along the O-line uh, in his time. So he's probably thinking, look, and happens. I'm going to fight for my job in training camp. It gives him an incentive. And if he does end up getting on the field because of injuries, he makes back, you know, 1.5 million potentially more because of the incentives that he has. So, and again, I said in the last podcast, it is a shame the way it went. A fantastic player who lost his place um, solely because of like an injury and Elton Jenkins playing lights out and the time of year it is and the salary cap implications and everything else. So this kind of suits everybody. And look, if he ends up getting on the field and meeting his incentives, that only helps the Packers here because we end up having the best O-line. If he earns incentives, he's hitting all these targets and what more could you ask for? Um, and excitingly, and I didn't know how this was going to go, so... Um, myself and Ben at Touchdown Trips uh, have organised the trip for the UK Packers in 2020 and the best thing we decided on was to push this trip to the end of the year so it was between the Bears game which was Thanksgiving which you know I didn't feel comfortable because we don't know how this COVID thing's going to go sending people to the airport at a time that's busier than Christmas so the alternative to that was is go a weekend later which suits because you know, gives us an extra week, whatever that will be worth. Um, so the game that it has been decided on is Packers v Eagles. And that is the 4th to the 7th of December. We usually do kind of bespoke packages and that certainly is available for anybody who has the cash floating around and is okay with booking it and everything else. So if you want to go ahead and book the trip, it can be booked. Let me hit you with some details. So it flies out the 4th of December. Uh, London to Heathrow that departs at 20 to 9 in the morning you arrive at 25 to midday and then we put on the plane from Chicago to Green Bay and there's a couple there's a couple of reasons for that number one is that it's December it's Green Bay right so not unless you want skis and um, would it be you know I worry about putting people on the road in those type of treacherous conditions Um, so as well as that we don't know how many people are going to go. Usually we have about 30 people that go, but with the circumstances being so, um, you know, all over the place with COVID-19, we thought, right, let's do the plane from Chicago to Green Bay. So what that plane does is, is it stops the anxiety of we need X amount of people for the bus or they won't actually schedule the, the shuttle transfer or whatever. Um, so the plane makes an awful lot of sense and it's very quickly. So when you're talking about being in the confines with people, um, if you're on a bus with a bunch of people for four or five hours versus being on a 45-minute flight, uh, the 45-minute flight is probably best for everybody. It flies back the 7th of December, so Green Bay to Chicago again, uh, which is nice as well because especially for the first timers, you fly over Lambeau, which is great. Even the you know seasoned vets who go, it's always nice to kind of bank over Lambeau and see it then as well. So Green Bay to Chicago, it leaves at uh, 6.20. So again, sometimes the rush with this is that when you have the bus transfer, you need to leave that four or five hours 
plus another couple of hours for the airport. So we ended up leaving, depending on the flight, you know, at about midday or one o'clock, two o'clock time. Whereas this time you get a bit of extra time in Green Bay. So that leaves at uh, 20 past six in the evening. So you'll get all of that day, more importantly, in the pro shop. Um, and it arrives um, in Chicago at about half seven. And then you fly from Chicago to London Heathrow. Uh, that departs at 25 past 10 which is pretty standard, and you arrive kind of lunchtime the next day. There's the hotel that we went with was the Wyndham. Um, it was considerably cheaper. The, the fact that we had to put on the plane from Chicago to Green Bay and back, it bulked up the price, so it is more expensive than last year. But that's understandable because th the plane itself is a couple of hundred dollars. Um, but all of that factored in, Ben was able to get us, um, you know, a nice price on that. So we went with the Wingate at Wyndham. Haven't stayed in it. Um, we've stayed in the Radisson, which is basically beside it. Um, it's a grand location. You can get in and out uh, via Ubers and all that kind of stuff. But what you find is, is that, you know, you jump in an Uber and you stay in Green Bay most of the day and, and spend your time going around the place. You really don't spend any time at the hotel. So we sort of wax and wane every year, whether we stay, you know, in the Best Western or in the Radisson or Hotel J Green Bay was another one we stayed in last year, which was great. Um, so there's the breakfast included in that. Um, I hear good things about the brekkie. Also, I hear reviews that it's free beer. I mean, you know, that's what it's all about. So the game, Packers-Eagles, uh, high end zone tickets. And anybody looking at to upgrade, you can. Uh, but I can put hand on my heart, and I've been to Green Bay now countless times um, over the last five, six years. High end zone's fine. I don't upgrade um, when I go over. Um, so some people do. They want the experience that they think or they know that they're only going to be going over once, which I guarantee is going to change, right? So you go over and you think, oh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime dream trip. And just the experience of it makes you want to go back again. So have that in the back of your mind too. That's my advice. But high end zone's perfect. You're high up and you can look down. I personally had nosebleed seats the last time because I really didn't care because I've been there so many times. Um, and it's all about hanging out with, um, you know, beautiful friends and and people over there um so we had really high seats but it, it was brilliant like the angles i got for the videos for the group account were class uh, the amount of time aaron jones went into the end zone and the passes aaron rogers through but you can upgrade and the upgrades are pretty cheap so you can go to low end zone for an extra 20 quid you can go to the corner end line for 30 quid and um, you can get to the goal line for 45 and the prices go up from there if you want an indoor club that's done as well but you're talking about a, a you know an extra 170 quid um they're, we're not doing the meet and greet certainly not now it's not planned and that's because no one will book um players because they don't expose players if covid is still knocking around um and then they go and they end up having a chesty cough um for the for game day or whatever so that's kind of off the cards for the minute uh but look this is why we're organizing the trip for um december we don't know what's going to happen um it's a placeholder now do i feel comfortable um going over as it stands and uh, absolutely not but i am not saying i'm not going but if things get better and I'm, I'm sure the listeners and the bookers are feeling the same if things get better i will be going over and uh, but as it stands i can't and that's down to family reasons and old people in my family who have the underlying health conditions that are in the news and um, so you know yes i go over and see aaron rogers but it could have deathly consequences and um, for at home but that's not saying that i'm not going to go uh, like all of you i'm going to see how it plays out and with that 
all of this trip is fully refundable apart from a 25 quid booking admin fee so when touchdown trips go ahead and they book everything they have to put stuff on hold with the airlines there's the atoll fees and they have to set up accounts with all of the whatever they do and um, so there's a 25 quid admin fee on their side that they will keep from people um now the alternative to that is if you book this year you can leave your cash with them or certainly a portion of it don't cancel it and just roll it over to next year and if that's the case um i don't think you pay the 25 quid booking fee but just verify that with with ben at touchdown trips on your booking the deposit is usually 250 to 350 uh, whereas this year it's 150 which is even less and again that's fully refundable as well apart from that 25 quid fee so you're not really facing a risk by taking the plunge and doing it um, the tailgate is still on, but that's because it's usually um, in a big enough venue. I don't know how they're going to do it in December, to be fair, but um, we had it before where it still was outside, but they had heaters. Um, so that's fine. And, you know, you're knocking back hot food and stuff like that. So it's Oktoberfest. So you get brats and burgers and Cajun jambalaya um, and unlimited, unlimited beer um, as well. And coffee uh, for all the teetotalers too. Um, there's a DJ there and, you know, sometimes to have a Packers player I don't know if that's going to be the case but apparently it is because it's all um done with the alumni association and everything else so you still might get your Packers meet and greet um in that before we've had Antonio Freeman um we met Jerry Kramer as well which was absolutely um unbelievable I'll remember that till uh you know forever I don't want to get too grim um so the trip on it is for a UK Packers member with double occupancy is one for a nine five so again it all comes down to your personal preference right if you're going over with your partner and uh, that's one four nine five and it's the two is in a room if you want to share a room well then we can hook you up with someone as well again that comes down to your preference so if you're okay sharing with someone who's a stranger um, who could potentially have covid if it's still around or if it's still as rampant or the measures are the same um, that's up to you if not you can go single uh, single occupancy so without the discount it's 1575 with our members discount it's 1495 and again you'll have that group dynamic going over if you want to fly from different airports that's what i do i always try fly from dublin and um, but you know it's again as i said i've been countless times so there's been times where i flew from dublin to he you know to london and went from heathrow with everybody else there's times where the flights matched up okay and i could go from dublin it really all depends um on what time the flights are so i've went over before where i've caught a bus from dublin like i haven't caught a bus across the atlantic but i've went from dublin airport over to chicago o'hare and then i was able to link up with the bus because the flight that i got in on got in i think 10 minutes later but i was able to walk out because of pre-clearance um, and then i also went over i think on a dublin to chicago flight and was able to catch the plane however if it doesn't link up if i'm an hour or two late or whatever well then i'm going to miss the plane so it's not really practical so that's how that works so if you're want to fly from manchester or leads or wherever um you can potentially make that happen but it doesn't come down to air discretion it all comes down to what time you're going to hit the states at and if that all makes sense because chicago here i've been in it a good bit now but it's still devilishly confusing to get in and out and around the place um so we just want to make sure that we get you over there in good time um, so yeah that's the loadout on the trip so again uh, Packers Eagles the 4th to the 7th we haven't sort of elongated the trip I hear some people are wanting to do that already that's personal preference my number one priority is is number one that I facilitate all the people that have expressed interest and want to go and then on top of that that we do this in a safe manner this is not some willy-nilly thing where 
you know, we're all going over to the States and watching a game and saying screw it and all this type of stuff. I want to make sure that we can do this as safe as possible um, and it's far enough away so that we should get a clear enough picture if this stuff goes away. So the Spanish flu uh, pandemic that happened during World War One, um, you know, that kind of came to an abrupt end because so many people had got it. I don't know if that's going to be the case with this, if that's going to be the advice. Um, but certainly we've heard from people who have family in the medical industry um, doctors and paramedics and everything else and they've received uh, you know certain info that if you're gonna get it make sure you're healthy to me there's anecdotal evidence that younger people can be at massive risk and also it's not just the younger people that that affects it's gonna be the older people like the people in my family um, so that's what we need to be mindful of but it's there as a placeholder. You can book it with very little risk. It's 25 quid um, is what you lose. You can roll over uh, that to the following year if it all doesn't go ahead. So if the trip is postponed or whatever, uh, you can get your stuff that will be refundable. Um, again, you can get that in writing from Ben when you you know ask about your quote as well. But the quote for the minute, 1495. Um, and hopefully we'll get a clearer picture and we'll all be going over. So that's grand. Um, so I guess... With all of the stuff that's going on in the States, um, I would like to talk about something that always kind of made me proud to be a Packers fan. Now, as a white Irishman, and I can go down the road of talking about, you know, oppression uh, for the Irish when it came to, you know, I mean, Jesus, we got invaded by the Vikings, uh, the Normans. Uh, we were ruled by uh, the English. I know I have an awful lot of UK listeners uh, for about 800 years and all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't give me any right whatsoever to try um talk on what it would be like to be um, a black person or an ethnic minority in America. Um, and this is the reason why Colin Kaepernick was kneeling. Um, you know, people have different views on that. I've been on the radio talking about it, you know, him as a player and then the activism that he had. Um, and you can't knock anybody for, you know, trying to further a, a, a civil cause. I mean, you know, I won't wax too lyrical about it, you know, because... Um, I would put my hands up and say I'm wholeheartedly ignorant as to what that experience is like. Um, you know, from tweets from MVS and tweets from Devontae Adams um, and some black friends that I have in the States and just some stories that you read um, and some stuff that's really informative um, in the media and from people in the States of, you know, what it's like to grow up kind of with that that paranoia and with that undercurrent. And some people believe in it, some people don't believe in it. You know, it's... It's extremely complex and I'm not even going to pretend that I understand as a white Irishman um, any of that experience whatsoever. I don't. But one of the things that makes me proud to be a Packers fan is to see that, you know, at the time of racial segregation in the States, um, going back to the 60s, that the Packers were at the forefront of racial equality um, and the man spearheading that effort was Vince Lombardi. Um, Lombardi, a pretty fascinating guy, you know, his name's on the trophy and most Packer fans know about him. But I guess from his point of view, he was coming from a, you know, from an Italian-American perspective. So his parents were um, Italian immigrants that came in. Um, his dad was a very hardworking Italian. And Vince Lombardi faced, you know, prejudice and racism and everything his whole time. He was, you know, here's a guy, he's... Uh, an uh, Italian-American. He's a devoted Catholic. He's in Brooklyn, New York, which is just a melting pot of sort of different nationalities. Um, and he has to put up with so many, um, you know, racial slurs and, and prejudice and everything else. You know, he there's, if you watch the documentary or you want to go back and listen to the podcast that we did 
on Vince Lombardi. Here's a guy who was told he was never going to be a head coach in the NFL because they wouldn't have a head coach whose name ended with a vowel, as if to say, if you're Italian, uh, forget about it. Uh, he was in college and they used to stand him and the other Italians beside each other and sort of remark on who was the darker one. You know, and that's the type of stuff that he faced there. Um, you know, and as, as well as that, Vince Lombardi's brother was gay. So when it came to uh, homophobia, when it came to racial prejudice, he would have none of it. Um, it's because he... Again, he was pretty militant in his way of, if you're a good player, you deserve a place on the Green Bay Packers. I don't care whether you're black or white, uh, what your ethnic background is, is that you're welcome here. And that'd be, you know, when you look at it from the angle of the fact that he faced it, so it kind of makes sense that that's how he felt. Now, there's a, there's a story as well. Um, Dave Robinson tells it. And also, um, Marinas says it in... I think maybe it's a documentary in his book that Vince Lombardi went into a restaurant and he's refused service um, because they the waitress thought he was black. And he says, uh, apparently, this is from Dave Robinson, I'm not black, I'm Vince Lombardi. And the waitress says, I don't care who you are, you're not bringing that blonde woman into this restaurant to have dinner, unquote, uh, said Dave Robinson. Um, so all of the black players back then were very aware that this was Vince Lombardi's um ethos and they were aware of it because of he put his money where his mouth was uh you know 1959 he comes out and says if you call any of these racial slurs i don't care who you are uh you're through with me is his actual quote and he says you can leave he says you cannot play for me if you have any kind of prejudice um on top of that the stories about you know they go down to south for the 1960 exhibition games and the black players are put into different hotels they're not allowed to stay with the white players. And he says, if this is the way it's going to be in future, um, I'm not going to entertain any of this stuff. There's no way that my team is being separated. We're all humans. We're all players. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. We're all staying in the same place. And that's it. We're not dividing the team. And because of that, then uh, he wouldn't go to establishments. And that was the same in Green Bay. So at a time where you know segregation was happening, he said, I'm not having any of it. And if I if I hear of an establishment that tries to enforce any of this stuff, he says, you're going to have hell to pay. So he said, you know, we're not going to go to your establishment and we're going to actively, um, you know, just not deal with you. And that's it. Um, and as well as that, when it came to the team, so Vincent Barty came to the team and there was only one black uh, player, Nate Borden. But by 1967, the amount of all pros on the team, uh, Willie Davis, Herb Adderley, uh, Dave Robinson, Willie Wood, uh, Bob Jeter um, and Dave Robinson always said that when he was on the practice field and, and this, I'm getting some of this information by the way from uh, Slate.com uh, did a great article on it but um, Dave Robinson says that every time he got chewed out he didn't think he was getting chewed out because he was a black man. He, he thought he was getting chewed out because he'd made mistakes and he was everyone was getting equal treatment. I think he famously once said, is Vince Lombardi treated everybody the same, whether you're black or white, he treated us like dogs. And that's what I just, I love about it that, you know, Lombardi would chew you out no matter who you are. He had that same sort of um, expectation. He had that same drive for everybody. It didn't matter who you were. Um, and even when it came to housing, so uh, Rich Ryman came out with an article on Green Bay Press Gazette where he spoke about that the African-American and black players, they were made to stay, uh, well, they couldn't get um, houses. They were made to stay. One of them, I think, was stayed in the back of a pest control place. Um, and Vince Lombardi went down and made sure that he went to the team president and said to them, this is not going to fly. Um, oh, the players need better accommodation. And because of that, conditions improved. Now, it wasn't perfect. But Vince Lombardi, 
Um, I'm, I'm so proud of this. Went out of his way to not treat anybody different, to make everybody feel at home. And that ethos certainly seemed to develop because there's some nice stories and quotes uh, from Bill Curry where he was a down south boy. Um, you know, he was dealing with segregation down south. I believe there was quotes where he'd asked his father, you know, what's the story with this? And the dad said, it's not right, but it's the way it is. Um, and so they, he said, okay, and just kind of accepted it. So he said when he went into the locker room, he didn't really know where to place himself and he was scared of saying something that was racist and he ended up saying something that was um, racist and they had to explain to him, um, you know, you cannot say that. This is how we want to be um, addressed and, and that's fine and that's final. Um, so he talks about how, you know, he really got an education there with uh, Willie Davis and Lionel Aldridge and Willie Wood and Herb Adderley where they kind of took him under uh, their wing and they said to him, look, if you're a good player and you put your all out there, you know, we're all going to get along just fine. And he spoke about kind of his development through it. So, you know, I guess that's that's a from there's so much in Packers history that's fantastic. I'm a big history buff anyway, uh, but that's a massive badge of pride, you know, at a time where it was, you know, normalized that there was this kind of this divide and this tension. Um, and for someone that seems so, it seems so obvious that you would want to stand up for this um now i would hope um but back then you know it probably wasn't that easy i mean jesus look of the struggle um and it's just it's something that i'm I'm really proud of that lombardi was so ahead of his time um you know this was a guy who was he was a badass and he would chew you out but he really was unwavering when it came to that Um, there was even stories about lion aldridge um and he had uh, a white wife uh vicky and there was Pete Rosell apparently called him up and said to him that the marriage between um, Lionel Aldridge and Vicky would be, and he's, he's, quote, bad for the league. And Vince Lombardi turned around and I quote, this is my team and you can't tell me how to run it. So it's brilliant that the commissioner, the all-powerful commissioner, is saying that he can or can't do something. Uh, whereas Vince Lombardi said, I'll tell you where to go and just stuck up for what he believed in. Um, and again, massive badge of pride for that. So, again, I'm not going to try wax lyrical about, um, you know, what's what's right and wrong and all of that type of stuff. I think we should take our lead from uh, the people that are experiencing uh, this type of prejudice and, you know, what they face. Uh, but it's certainly a good time to reflect and to read up on, on all you can and try to understand um, what's going on. And um, my heart bleeds for what's going on in the States and uh, again, the riots and just the disruption. Um, it's awful to see. Um, but look, hopefully there's there's better days and we can all come together on this and, you know, maybe take a page from Vince Lombardi's book and, you know, just try to do what's right no matter what. So anyway, that's the podcast for this week. It was great checking in with you guys. Hopefully everyone is safe and healthy um, and all that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at StevieTheNFL, uh, the group account at UK Packers. And of course, you can hit the website ukpackers.co.uk if you want all the information on how to book your trip or find out about more information on it as well. Just hit the blog. And there's also a separate tab on the website that you can go on and do that as well. And of course, if you like um, what we do here at UK Packers, you can always support us on Patreon. 
um, at patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. Uh, there's a couple of different tiers you can get onto. One of them gives you a free t-shirt after six months and one of them gives you a free t-shirt after six months and also an immediate entry every single month uh, to, to win a signed merch, which is a signed jersey or signed pick um, of a Packers player. And there's some fantastic merch in the store. Of course, you can pop along and buy some apparel and also buy some signed merch outright in the 1919 shop. But again, as always, um, it's great to be on the airs uh, on the airwaves with you guys. And uh, I love hearing from you. So you can hit me up on any of the social media or send me an email. It's always greatly appreciated. And like I said, you can get my number um, and I can give you a text. I've got some great guys and some great people on there as well. But anyway, until next week, talk to you then. Go Pack Go.